0: If you're looking for some straight up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from
1: regional Queensland. Hello and welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. Today we are joined by Al Grundy from Mackay Isaac Tourism. Sorry, I almost put with Sunday in there. Mackay Isaac Tourism. Um, and we're talking how tourism marketing is everyone's business. Thanks for joining us, Al. Yeah, yeah thanks so much and,
2: for being here. And thanks for um, having me here. You know, just one month into my journey for, <laughs> yeah. for being a Mackay Isaac Tourism Leader. And um, I'm realising that we're actually sitting on a golden mine of opportunity here in the Mackay and the Isaac area. And what we don't realise at this stage is that 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 opportunity is there for all of us in the community. And I often think of tourism a bit like it's this little bit of cream that can support the rest of the economic mm. drivers of the community. And what I want to do is froth it up <laughs> and, and make it, everybody realize that it's actually a big, bigger piece of cream. Right. And that it's
0: a big contributor. It uh, can be a really big contributor.
2: Absolutely. To, to and every it doesn't only create jobs and it cr- creates livability. Yeah. Mm. And one of the really cool things is you've got uh, visiting family and friends coming, it makes you proud because you've got stuff to show off.
0: Yes. But it's great for talent retention and stuff as well, you know, so for those kids that um, want to go away for uni or anything like that, not that there's anything wrong with that, but for those ones who do potentially want to stay closer to home, having a place that is thriving and has stuff happening, etc., that's what those, that, those people, they want, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I yeah. 100% agree. So we've jumped straight in, but that is... Basically, where we wanted to get to, so thanks, yeah. Al. Um, and I, as far as um, mine of Opportunity, well, that's why we wanted to get you in early as well because I think, um, you know, Mackay act Tourism is like, you know, it's our tourism body and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people don't really understand what it is that you guys do and, and how... Um, tourism does affect our community, no matter whether you have a business or whether you live here. I'm the same. I see tourism very much as actually a part of our lives in, in many aspects, not just for people to come visit sort of thing. Like, I think that's just one side of tourism. So um, we wanted to get into that, but also tourism marketing specifically. Yeah. Um, obviously, this podcast is all about marketing. And um, yeah, tourism is its own beast when it comes to marketing.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. And you know what? Some, I think as a tourism destination, it, it's really easy just to go fishing in a bucket, but you won't catch much. But there's a whole ocean out there, which is our global marketplace where we go to attract tourism dollars. And, you know, Mackay at this point in time, it's a destination that, you know, the domestic market knows about. And obviously we get a lot of great nomads with their caravans mm, yeah. and that. And 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 the thing about Mackay is we're the capital of events. So... We're really good at it. But what we haven't got at this stage is the leisure tourism market. Yeah. And it's interesting because in my past life in the um I was a partner in a sailing company. And over 22 years, we grew that business from carrying 3,000 guests a year to over 20,000 guests a year. Holy crap. Yeah, it was huge. But what we did was I realized very early in the piece that if you just fish in the bucket, Mm -hmm. you're not going to catch many fish. So... So you to broaden um, those areas, yeah, so and early, that's where
0: marketing comes into it, man.
2: Absolutely. Early 2000, I you know, I started to venture overseas and started, we were um, getting a lot of backpackers coming through. So I started by going to adventure expos in London and promoting our products and also taking other products with me um, that were different to my business that complemented it. So yeah, I get Yes, a full
0: suite of experiences, not just this one early thing. I Beach
2: and the Whitsundays and and say, by the way, when you're coming over to us for your gap year, you've got to stop in at the Sundays because there's all this awesome stuff to do.
1: Because when you go somewhere, like you have to think outside of the box, when you as yourself go somewhere to do, you know, visit family or go on a holiday, you don't just do one thing when you go there. Like you eat and you You want to make good use of that
0: time, especially like Australia. We're so flipping far away from everybody else. So if they're going to come all of this way, um, obviously, you know, they're going to go to many places in Australia. But if they're going to come here, you know, to stay for a certain period of time. Like, you don't just go something for one thing. Yeah. You sort of want to have all those different experiences and tick them off your list. And I think
1: that's what a lot of people look at, uh, those other experiences, as competitors for that person's time. Uh, yeah. Not packaging it, you yeah. know. Yeah, I can a Going on a yacht trip or a boat trip or a fishing trip compared to going to, you know, on a gallery tour or a museum. Yeah, they're yeah. not
0: competing. They're, if they collaborate, they're going to get further together, which is the case with so
2: many businesses. Yeah, you know, and... When it comes to marketing, what I quickly learned was that um, there's actually really formal distribution channels and processes that you follow. So it's yeah. not only initially, I was just going direct to consumer and then I learned over time that, hey, there's these inbound tour operators in Australia, yeah. there's um, wholesalers and the resellers, the travel agent network. Mm-hmm. and. And plus we've got this amazing support through Tourism Events Queensland and Tourism Australia. Yep. And then it comes down to your regional tourism organisation. And so I quickly learned that there's many layers but if you work those layers, they will assist you get to your goal. And
0: tapping into those resources that are there rather than just going on your own all the time. Yes. And now you're on the other side of the fence. You are that resource for people. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: very true. But I recall, you know, as I said, initially going over doing adventure expos and then Tourism Events Queensland arranging structured programs where mm-hmm. um, 20 operators from Queensland would go and hit Europe. Yeah. And... We would do um, seven countries in seven days. So wow.
1: mm. you know,
2: and like we'd arrive in Germany and we'd be in Munich, and we'd start at six o'clock in the evening and work till eleven o'clock at night, and we'd train a hundred travel agents on the experiences, and it was like speed dating, right. you know. And okay. each of the twenty operators would have the their table, <laughs> yeah, and and but those travel agents would learn about the product, yeah. and that builds confidence. And as they build confidence, they're confident to sell the product. Yeah. And so what it means is rather than me having a product here and I'm waiting till the last minute to get bookings, I'm getting bookings months in advance direct from Europe. Yeah. And I've got certain certainty that I know I'm going to get that departure away, or that tour away, or my occupancy levels are going to be mm. strong, and I can guarantee departures. It gives and that's you more a really certainty. Yeah, absolutely, I'm working
0: smarter not harder. I love it. Well, yeah. and that's stability as well. I mean, not just for tourism; that's for any kind of business. Is to have your pipeline healthy and and working for you rather correct. than always be looking for where the next sale and stuff is. Yeah,
2: correct. And what happens is over time you build those relationships. But as you become smarty, you also see new markets. Yeah. And you realise that I just don't want to have all my eggs in that basket, and that's really important. Diversifying and, your data yeah, sectors as yeah. well. Yeah. And one of the things I did was to follow, um, particularly because we were still focused in the youth market, was to look at where's the next destination where Australia is doing a, a reciprocal arrangement for a working holiday visa program. Uh-huh. You're right. So then we'd say, I looked about, oh, I forget what it was, 15 years ago or something, Um, we were doing a deal with South Korea, you know, for working holiday visas. Yeah. So that was my next destination was going into Seoul, working with the wholesalers, producing our collateral, um, translated into their language. And then before you know it, we had some South Korean backpackers as well. So it's about looking at those market opportunities. And making
0: it happen, man, going after it, you know, looking outside the box. That's awesome. So clearly you have about two decades of experience in actual terrorism in a past
1: life um then I believe you were saying you were previously a counsellor at Mackay uh sorry with Sunday Council yes and now in your role how how do you feel that all pieces together with what you're doing now
2: yeah well the really interesting thing is um I sold out of the partnership in 2019 and I had been um on the board of Tourism With Sundays for about 10 years, and I was chair of Tourism With Sundays for three and a half years, okay. uh, immediately through the period after Cy- or before and after Cyclone Debbie. So that well, taught me. That would me, have been a
1: hard period. Yeah, it was mm.
2: tough. But what it taught me about was how critical the partnerships were with our federal government, our state government, and the bureaucrats, because ultimately, it's, it's ironic, but you know, Cyclone Debbie actually put the With Sundays further on the map. Because suddenly people came in and said, how can we help? Yeah. And we were able to say, did you know the tourism industry is generating this much money? And many of the politicians mm. weren't aware. Yeah. So then they said, all oh, right, we need to help you rebuild. And we got these grants. Because that's an economic driver for yeah. Queensland then. Mm. And, and funnily enough, the CEO then of Tourism Sundays and the mayor, we we're all working together on this recovery group. Yeah. So... We worked on a number of projects together, and that then Just made you me, stronger. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. I was working with Andrew Wilcox, who's now our member for Dawson. He was the mayor, and he suggested that maybe I should have a go at becoming a councillor, which I did and was successful in 2020. So I've had a couple of years in council, and then this opportunity presented down here. So now I've had a, I've, I've been a tourism operator. I've been on boards with tourism industry. I've had a go in local government, so now I understand what boxes to tick there, how to work.
1: Yep, we feel young. Yeah, are the time. It yep. <laughs> <laughs> <now>, does help.
2: <laughs> and now it's the other side of the ledger, so hopefully I can build the bits of the puzzle and yeah. we can build these partnerships because our success will grow by us getting strong partnerships and those strong partnerships with the local mayor and the councillors, as well as the departments within council, yeah. plus the likes of national parks, mm. marine parks. All those stakeholders. It, all the stakeholders, because it's through partnerships that we can move forward, you know. And I think there's a really interesting project that um, Mackay's got going at the moment up at Finch Hatton where they're looking at this mountain... uh trans, mountain strat- strategy. Mountain, yeah, mm. strategy. And, you know, the initial piece of the puzzle, council sorted by... Buying up some land, which is cool, you know, that's going to get the first sixteen kilometres of trails built. But then the next stage is moving into the national park. Mm-hmm. So these So become, they, they need
0: to come on board yeah, as well the as partnerships there.
2: And I think one of the really important things that tourism can do is we can help our national parks and we can actually protect our national parks. All in
0: the one thing. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Rather than
2: lock the gate, the tourism industry will become the eyes and the ears on our parks they can
0: be the gatekeepers man instead of being the ones who shut out yeah. yeah i agree with that
2: and stewards and advocates for our parks and you know what if we're in that park every day as commercial tourism people who are trained we'll notice something's changing there yeah and what is it or is it a pest or is there a bit of disease happening in the forest mm-hmm. and we can report it yeah and we you can, can bail be a and so, and
0: again there's that collaboration yeah. and so. so
2: i see the future that tourism's not only providing jobs and being an economic driver, we're actually going to be the eyes on our parks and our nature and because we've got the resources. We're in there. And honestly, if you're in tourism, you care about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't seem like, you know, going up for a mountain bike trail in a national park is an, a traditional ecotourism adventure that you would do. But the people that would use that area... Are doing it because they love it and it's beautiful and enjoying it and you know, want to explore the area and, and see more things like that. So it's only opening and educating people's minds.
2: Mm, that's right. With the correct interpretive out. information. Yeah. yeah you really need want to protect that
0: legacy and protect protect what's there. Yeah. But you don't want to shut it off from people either. Yeah. Like it's just doing it in a way that works
2: for both, yeah, both of those goals. Yeah. There's
1: so many stakeholders though, that's a tricky <laughs> <laughs> that's a tricky line to it tell. Is, but,
2: but you know, we tend to We've got to flip it on the head if we want to be, if we want to develop tourism opportunity because if we seek investors or we've got somebody wanting to build something or or develop a tourism experience, we don't want to get halfway down the path before they hit the stop sign or the speed bump that's going to stop them. Do you know what I mean? And I think if we bring the partnerships together and we talk about it and identify opportunities together, then we can say to people, hey, this is an opportunity. And we're already three quarters of the way down the road and we can bring the investors in or the mum and dads who own the properties or, or yeah. want to invest and and we're already three quarters of the way down the path. And use more rather, problem
0: solving than yeah, yeah, roadblocks. rather than yeah. us. Hundred percent, because that's what can happen too. Yeah, is that if you don't have everyone kind of on board and have that buy-in from the start, that's right. It's so easy to encounter those things that will just completely derail it, and then all that time and effort and that opportunity gets
2: wasted. That's right, mm. and and we need to work within legislative frameworks at higher levels with mm. the state and sometimes the federal government. So, removing the barriers to success will help us reach those goals and grow mm. the you get tourism get together sector. Together.
0: So you're obviously really passionate about tourism. Can I ask, what first got you into the tourism? Like, why did you, what got you into the sailing company back in the day? <laughs> oh, wow.
2: <laughs> what a question. As a young person, before I had this beautiful silver-coloured <laughs> head, as a young person, I backpacked up the Queensland coast. And interestingly enough, we bypassed early and gone to Cairns, and I was with a mate. And we, we were booked in for about two, two weeks up in Cairns. And after the first few days, I don't know, we'd done stuff. And I was like, oh, what's next? And I went to the hostel tour desk and said, look, I'm looking for something else to do. And they said, well, why don't you get hop on the Greyhound bus and head down to Airlie and do a three-day, two-night sailing so tour? So their
0: tourism people sent you out yeah, of their area. That's what they do. Cairns,
2: <laughs> Cairns and Airlie used to work together yeah, with the tour desks. Right. Yeah. And the same with Fraser Island. It was a route. A, a trodden path so I came back to early and did this three-day two-night sailing tour and went oh this place is awesome <laughs> and and what really blew me away then the fringing coral reefs around the islands were just spectacular mm. and I remember diving off of um hook passage and and going oh my god this coral is amazing and the fringing corals were quite different to the mid-shelf and outer shelf corals which are more big and dynamic yeah the inshore reefs were, oh, I don't know, it just blew me away it was so beautiful and then I was in Melbourne working in the corporate world, and and a close friend passed away, and I thought I need a break. I'm going to the Whit Sundays. Sailing by then was my hobby. Yeah. And before you, I know it.
0: You've got a I'm living in the Whitsundays <laughs> and I've
2: bought in with a share a share within a business that was a sailing company, and we grew over 22 years. And
0: that's fantastic. That's so. And that's cool. mind blowing.
2: You know, I met my wife there. She was a backpacker managing a hostel, and you know, and that's a really interesting thing as well. The tourism industry creates these blended, yeah. You know, and the people
0: you meet when just, you travel. Like, oh,
2: yeah, and we, we are. We are a really welcoming industry. We're fun. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter what age, it's fun. And But we're welcoming and we welcome people from all over the world, you know, because we want to show off what we've got but also send those people away having had a mind-blowing experience but also a way to be advocates and that's what we can do for us here in Mackay to go away and say, I saw that platypus. It's amazing. We need to make sure we look after the environment where these platypus live, as an example. Do you know what I mean? Same out on the reef. I saw these amazing fish. I saw these corals. What can I do to help, Yeah, you know, sustain it? And I think tourism has a really important message that we can help educate. And as I said, not only be an economic driver, but a social driver because we help with functionality and livability, and then an environmental driver where we and it has to educate... Be and that, and you know what? If there's an economic return, so I can make some dollars out of this and I can make a social return out of it, the environment's going to benefit. Oh, so absolutely. tourism can do so much more yeah. um, for our communities. That's that's what right. I feel and believe.
0: And it, it has to be, man, because like I was just listening to something the other day and they were saying about how they're actually looking at um, they want to put the Great Barrier Reef on the endangered. List. And it's one of those things where it just, the perception that it can throw out is that, um, you know, people are there and we destroy things and all that sort of stuff. But Mm. it's like, well, what if it doesn't have to be like that? Like, how can we actually be the custodians of those nature experiences as opposed to their destroyers?
2: Yeah. And you know what? And that's part of the story I was saying before. Um, with, With the environment, sometimes if we just sit on it our hands now and just let nature take its course it's not the right action no. so man is intelligent enough now to work with nature and I'll, uh, look if you think about it if, if we take a simple view on a garden mm-hmm. if we don't nurture that garden by pulling the weeds out and watering it and
1: maintaining it and maintaining pruning, it yep.
2: You know, the garden won't be so beautiful, right? That's right. Yeah,
1: right.
2: So that's a simplistic view on the world. Yeah. But when it comes to the reef, that's the same. Yeah. And it's the same as our parks and gardens, we manage them. And you know, man's intervention is not always bad.
1: No. No, we can you know, do we good. Have a, yeah. We're smart enough now, hopefully. Yeah.
0: And we we need doing, to do good. I think that's just the thing. I just think that it, it, it needs the, to be that we're and you know, benefiting, the, we're helping. Around
2: the reef at the moment, we're doing such cool stuff. You know, like only in the last few weeks, the coral spawning's happened. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough last year to be part of that program. And you're sitting there and the scientists are saying, the coral's gonna spawn shortly and you're sitting there in a little boat watching, waiting, waiting, waiting. And suddenly the sea comes alive and these little eggs pop up to the surface, millions of them. Yeah. Holy and, crap. And, and then you get buckets and you scoop the eggs up and um, you, you take it into bigger tanks. And then after a week, we've got larvae, which is the beginning of the new corals. And then we take these five metre tanks and um, tow them to destinations where the coral's not doing so well. It's regenerating. And, mm. Yeah, and, and put, a, new life put it, a, a hose on the bottom of the tank and open the valve and and put all the little larvae on the spots where we want to grow the coral. Yeah. So there's these exciting projects that are happening, you know, right now, and this is about intervention, but it's also about regenerative, mm. regenerating the reef, yeah. you know. Yeah. So,
0: that's what I mean. We can be part of the solution.
2: Yeah. Mm. Well, we are part of it. And as I said, we're pretty good farmers, you know, mm. <laughs> and we can grow stuff from seeds. <laughs> and now I it's a bit like this is like IVF for the reef. This is cool. <laughs>
0: Good timing. Love it. Uh, okay, so I wanted to have a chat about our um not just our local tourism businesses, but tourism businesses in general. What are some of the key challenges that you think they're facing at the moment with their marketing? You know, we're post-COVID, which again is a bit of a misnomer. Like when like COVID is a part of our lives now. It's yeah. not like a it's not post-COVID. It's, it's not like, like it's, post-lockdown. Yeah,
1: it's not like it's gone and we're back to where we were pre-2020. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, and so, you know, for those businesses and stuff, like some businesses folded, um, you know, some were able to get through, etc. cetera, and new ones are coming up again. For those tourism businesses, what do you think they're, like, yeah, those challenges for them in marketing well, right now? Well,
2: the, the, the marketing, it's a really interesting point in time with where we're positioned. And one of the things about us as a destination is that, um, like, we're still pretty much predominantly domestic tourism at the moment for the Mackay-Isaac area. So I don't know that we'll be too impacted by the internationals, but what we may be impacted by is the outbound tourism. So currently with our 400 to 500k drive market, say where we've got people from Townsville that might come here and have some time with us or even from Rocky head up this way to have a tourism experience, if they're... If they're looking at other opportunities like Bali and those those where you can get these deals, that's a risk for us because if I do open up the international barrier, uh, sorry, borders fully, you know, our we're predominantly a Western market destination for international visitation where the people would come from the UK, Western Europe, North Americas, yeah, and um, that that's long haul, right? So. If we, excuse me, lose our domestic market, because many more of them that may have holidayed here in the last couple of years head back off to the traditional locations like Bali. Yeah. And the emerging uh, locations around Vietnam and those areas, that's still relatively short haul.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: But it's easy for Aussies to head off there and do that. And if we don't get the backfill from our long-haul internationals, that's one thing I Mm. see as a challenge. Um, Outside of the marketing realm, what I really see as our challenges and the challenges for all of us is the staffing. It's real. Affordable accommodation in our locations is real because typically at this point in time, the tourism industry is not a high-wage payer, you can work your way up into some amazing jobs but typically it's you know service industry sort of um wages we if the rents are five six seven hundred bucks a week it's difficult for a, a young person to be able to afford those rents and outgoings so that's one of our biggest challenges is affordable accommodation for our youth and our yeah. workers of the future i believe And the other thing we have, because for the Mackay Isaacs, it's very easy to just say I'm just going to head out and earn big bucks out over the range, Mm. you know. So they're they're the competing forces for us when it comes to tourism development. But on the positives, um, I was out at the Wake House with Amanda um, about a month ago, and um, she introduced me to two young people that had just started working um, that day, a young guy and a young girl, They'd been in Australia for three weeks, two young British travellers. And last Friday night I was out there um, having a couple of drinks and lo and behold, they're still there. They're a month in. Yeah. And they're enjoying it. They're loving it. They've now found somewhere to live. They Amanda was helping them out and they're enjoying their time here and they're helping that business now return to more acceptable staffing levels, if you like, more normal staffing levels. Yeah. And so I think um, we don't only rely on um, the international backpackers to spend bucks, we rely on them to work in our businesses and that helps with our recovery. And I think we know they help with agriculture, but you'll also see them in hospitality, food and beverage. Yeah. So So is that something else, another
0: opportunity that people can be, you know, when it comes to marketing their tourism business, it might be that it's not just marketing to potential Visitors, but they could also be marketing for staff to come for working holidays, etc. Like opens up a different avenue for their marketing. Just
2: another little bit of one of the things we did Um, with our sailing business. Identified pretty quickly that at any point in time, about twenty percent of our workforce was internationals. Yeah,
1: Um,
2: and we really wanted them because we were carrying a lot of international visitors, and they help. You know, young people, sexy people. They They provide a vibe, you know, to your tour. And um, we also operated a sailing school. So what we said was, if I could build a program where I could guarantee you work after you've done a program with us that you've actually paid for. um, And we, this is what we did. We developed a program that we were selling through the UK and Europe where people would buy Mm. a A learn to sail program with us. Yeah. That at the end of their program, they could then then become our deckhands and hostesses of the future, and that's what happened. So they were paying for their own education. Yeah. And we were. And then you're getting a program. Skilled workforce. And we mm. were getting a workforce that we now had trained to the level that we wanted them to That's be. Fantastic. And
0: it's a different revenue stream. And it was a revenue
2: stream starving. versus a cost stream. Yeah. Which it had been in the past because you were taking a risk on taking people on that may never not make and it. And training them yeah. and not knowing how it's going and to go. Yeah. And so, really successful. What a thinking did. out of
1: the box. I love it. Yeah.
2: And so, people could do that here today. Yeah. Right now. You know, I'm a farmer. I've got a business. I'm. How could I bring some workers in, you know, and um, look at that as an opportunity, to to you know send them off on their gap year around Australia with some skills, but also help me
0: fill a role. Absolutely. So I guess you know outside of um, staffing for people diversifying their marketing, etc. Are there any uh, you know channels or techniques or anything that you think that regional tourism businesses maybe aren't taking advantage of just yet? Like, is there anything new in tourism marketing that people should
2: really be getting on board with? It's really interesting because just yesterday we had Tourism Events Queensland um, here in town doing some training, and also we had representatives from the Australian Tourism Data Warehouse, and um, they're... That's the edge that we need using technology. You know, mm-hmm. tourism, um, Queensland. We're talking of the best of experience, experience program. But the Australian Tourism Data Warehouse is is the central point where all information regarding tourism product is contained, and it's, it's like really a huge important.
0: Image and video library, yeah, and, and also yeah, I remember that from yeah. doing some project
2: on tourism music. So what, years ago. what? happens is is that if. If you're um, starting up a tourism product, um, what you can do is you, you, and it's free at the moment, you apply through Tourism Events Queensland and you get a login code and you, you build your product profile on the Australian Tourism Data Warehouse and you upload photos and you upload videos. And then through a team of experts in Tourism Events Queensland, they'll look at it and make sure the information's written in the correct tense and structured properly. And once it's approved, that populates the Australian tourism website, Australia.com. It populates Queensland.com. It would then also populate our Mackay regional uh, websites, as well as accessing a global network of agents and wholesalers who are pulling that data
0: yeah so right.
2: that's one thing i recommend you know
0: absolutely and it's free man like you know yeah. able to jump on board uh, with and that and again it's that whole collaborative thing that we keep harking back to if people are going to australia.com queensland.com macairegion.com etc the more they see on there the more active a place looks the more inviting it is yeah. so the more people who can get on there and get their profiles on there the more bulked out that's not a very good time really <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah but you guys know you know you're experts in social media and building websites right. and helping with strategy well i see it that way <laughs>
1: you know, um, we try. the yeah,
2: the thing is is that content is king yes and mm. it still remains that way yeah um that if you keep your content refreshed, it's gonna help with your SEO and your optimization, it's gonna elevate you, um, good imagery, good uh, videos. Yeah. And you know, even now, the, you know, the analytics is, is looking at how reels are working and everything and mm. whether they're pulled Video in. is the
0: highest converting content you can do. I yeah. mean, it has been for a while, but there is a reason why social media platforms, for example, keep investing on developing other ways of doing video and how to make video easier for everyone to create and put out there Yeah. because video is is high converting you know when it comes to sales and stuff if you have a video ad versus any kind of static ad video is just going to outperform most of the time
2: yeah and that's really interesting you say that because that was the advice that came through yesterday for our tourism industry that high-res image is important but a bit of video um, as the first hero image, you know the first frame will actually be a piece of video. Yeah, that's the strongest, yeah, strongest mm. selling point. It was interesting um, sitting down yesterday with some operators here from Mackay and seeing them go through that program. So that's really good. I think um, the other thing as we move forward is it, it's a really interesting thing. The tourism industry. I I know years ago I tried to get rid of brochures. Yeah. they're expensive. They you take know, time, you gotta they keep them crust up. So, how is it yeah. that get out of day? Yeah, they yeah. Get out of day. <laughs> we find comes back and you're like, but oh, we But you oh, need something to hand this. over, but like I said before. still love it. Yeah. And I think it's the tactile nature. So, obviously, today, actually, my old business partners, what they've done with their brochures today is, is um, they've simplified it with nice imagery. And a little bit of blurb and then a QR code, yeah. you know, and that obviously then takes you to the video and the deeper yeah. deeper dive and into the content. And the online content. booking,
1: so it's getting them there Correct. faster. And it's just
0: yeah. that one quick, you know, like yeah. they scan the QR code and then everything's just a click away from what they That's need. Right. But yeah. it comes from that tangible source of having something sitting there right in front yeah. of them.
2: And you
1: can pull down from a, you know, a three-fold DL or even a, a full yeah. brochure to just a double-sided DL. Yeah, so it's really interesting.
2: This is what we're going to digital world but still
0: yeah traditional We're tactile people man and
2: it, it's really interesting if we unpack that a bit further because we saw a couple of years ago we lost our press yeah you know what i mean and now it's made a comeback and it's, you know, there you go, you know.
0: People want to hold the paper in their hand, and it's not for everybody, Yeah. but there is, I think things just feel more, I don't know if, I mean, the word real? You know, I was I mean,
1: thinking the same thing. Yeah, I don't know
0: what that word is, but yeah, something just feels like it's more substance if you're holding it in your hand and having a look through it.
1: It's a reminder, I'm a list person, but also, you know, when I travel, when I rock up at the airport or the, you know, the hotel lobby, I'm grabbing brochures. Yeah, I'll same. try and keep them as neat as possible so they yeah. can probably put them back for the yeah. ones that don't use it but I'm like oh I might like to do that <laughs> yeah. I might like to go there and then I'm like well what do we have time to do and you have to work yeah that's
2: it really co- interesting because the ladies and the gents in our visitor information um centers you know either by the Bluewater Lagoon or down at Serena they're telling us that people still love maps
0: yeah you know I, I, I mean? was just about to say that I think that like people are like oh yeah we want google maps because then I can have it on my nav and everything on my phone and 100% like that's how I am too But when I'm planning stuff out, if I'm somewhere I don't know where anything is... I don't want to make a plan and then be like, oh, hold on, that's actually half an hour away, and I and you know all that kind of thing. So if I've got a map and I can go, okay, this is where the, that's where that is, that's where this is, and then for example, have a QR code there that then takes me to that location on the yeah. map. Because the other thing is is that when you're in an unfamiliar place, sometimes things can have similar names, etc. So when you people type stuff into Google they might go to their first result yeah. and go and so they go on Google Maps and it's not actually the right place. Well
2: I've heard of situations where there's a Melbourne obviously in Victoria, Australia and there's a Melbourne in Canada. Uh, and I'm people really... have booked flights to the wrong destination. So maybe there's, there's a know, Mackay can... in
0: the US as well, <laughs> Mackay, Idaho. Yeah. So yeah. But
2: here's the Can you imagine doing that? Here's the thing. It just shows you that it's not one dimensional. No. And while we are so reliant on the digital world and um, we're getting such valuable insights through all the analytical engines. Oh, the that data is amazing. Yeah. yeah, we're currently working on another data set at the moment um, where we've got a, um, um, a, for want of a better term, a panel where we can geofence an area and it's giving us the data via the phone network on how many visitors were at that location on that date.
1: Wow. You know, mm.
2: and it's breaking it up via... Whether they're international, intrastate, or interstate. Mm, and we've all got all the data access. that's
0: available on us, Big yeah, Brother. <laughs> yeah,
2: and, and it's true, Big Brother's here, let's face it. Yeah. And, From a marketing know, perspective, though, very useful. Yeah, and um, while we don't have it, um, we use separate monitors for monitoring forward activity. This is real, so I can go and look at an event that we conducted this year, like, say, the Mackay Beach Horse Races. Yeah. And, and run the geofence around that
0: and say how many were local yeah and then
2: um it takes a couple of days for all the data to populate on that location but then run the map on same weekend two years ago and see how many people were there yeah versus the same weekend this year and see how many people were there and it's real; you mm. can see it.
0: And yeah. those kind of insights are just so valuable. You know, it's like okay, you know, um, we were trying to expand our international tourism. Okay, we're up twenty percent there in yes. international visitors, like all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like data, when it's just numbers and everything, I think people get can get turned off by statistics and analytics yeah. and everything. But it's when it's the insights that you get from the numbers; oh, it's what they help you to infer, so that then when you're taking your next steps. You're like, okay, cool, this strategy is working, I'm on the right track. Yeah. Or, I need to s- tweak
1: these marketing yeah. activities. You know, this is it right.
0: working, I need to review this. And that's, you know, it's exactly. that's what digital allows us to is. And one of do. the
2: things, it's really interesting because this discussion about digital versus paper, mm. um, very early in the piece, look, 20 odd years ago, we, because with our visitors, we implemented that piece of paper. Well, I wanted to find out everything about them, you know, yeah. how long you're travelling in Australia, whether you're heading north or south, you know, um, who you travelled with by car, greyhound bus, by plane, etc., cetera, et cetera, We built up such a huge database of knowledge about our customers i, I even knew that her, is invaluable her, that's such I an asset for a knew company dietary requirements now maybe that was a little low has <laughs> in too fine a detail but what it really allowed me to do as we move forward with our targeted marketing when i realized that x number of our customers were coming via motorhomes i then said right I'm going to go and talk to the motorhome companies and see if we can do some bundling and packaging with them. And before you know it, my brochures are in their glove boxes. And then we advance further with our wholesalers where when they hired out the motorhome and they sold, say, a a 14-day hire of the motorhome, they also sold an open-dated voucher to one of my tours. Yeah. And then the customer was on the road. They'd ring a few days before, hey, I've got a voucher to one of your tours. Right? So that's how you use data. That's
1: Mm. awesome.
2: You know, and that's truly taking it. So it's not just I'm collecting data and I'm putting it in into a box and gonna store it in the corner. I have this lovely spreadsheet over you know. here. We
0: got the numbers. So you're talking my language and right? honestly, I just wish we could package that snippet <laughs> and just blare it to everybody. Yeah. Because honestly, like you said, it's just it's getting collecting that data and then using it and how it can improve your business. That's that's the whole process right there. And it's like I
1: think a lot of people
0: do that starting point. Yeah but
1: don't actually know how to leverage that data and, and review it analytically.
0: And I think too, it's like people don't always know what data to they should be looking at or what they should be collecting so they don't get started. Mm-hmm. And my opinion is always just like, just start with something. At least yes. start with something. And then if you go, oh, it would be good to know this or I wonder why that's like that. That's your next data set. That's your yeah. next thing to add into it your is. tracking.
2: And do you know what? When you get really mature with it, you can look at seasonality mm-hmm. and you can look at, you know, you got your peaks and your troughs, and you look at that trough period to figure out how I'm going to fill that trough. And it, it's really interesting. You know, a few years ago, we realised that the Chinese were coming here, and um, just for that window around the Chinese New Year, uh-huh. and and then the Whit Sundays at that point in time, we were pumping through January, and then we'd fall off at the end of January because everyone went back to work. Yeah, you know, the school holidays were over, and we had this. And we filled, backfilled it with the Chinese New Year. Uh, right,
0: and that's is the thing really too. It's like, you know, if you go, okay, Chinese China is a potential market. Rather than spending a lot of time and money on your marketing for all the time, it's like just focus on that period. And therefore, if you do that Correct. targeted marketing, you're going to get a better right. result than that's just right. doing the scattergun that's approach. The, that's
2: exactly right. And then you looked across the year and you realized that the German market traveled at a different time to the French market. And then you'd see an influx from Canada. So you work these things and you work your programs through your distributors. And that's your
0: marketing calendar for the year is typing into each people at the right time. That's right.
2: And then you think outside the box and say, well, okay, there's no markets for me. What do I do now? And I remember us going, let's go and hit schools up, you know, and suddenly we were running school excursions in some of these quite a month and we could offer them at a more discounted rate to help us build. So, yeah, data data is still so important in our businesses. And I've got to say to you, one of the things that does frustrate me, is if we go and write a big strategic report and it sits on the shelf as a dust collector, I'm like, oh my God, let's not do that. Strategy
1: is important, but you've got to use it. That's right. (laughs) Coming from someone that gets to write (laughs) strategy, I'm
2: just saying. Well, I think the future for us is over the next three to five years in this role, I just want to grab a handful of things that we can do. Yeah. Develop the partnership that everyone agrees that's what we can do, and then go forward. Mm. You know, go forward with like a prospectus. I think we we're talking about before. Say out in the Pioneer Valley, is there any opportunities for some new farm stays? Yeah. You know, maybe we could get a prospectus together, and then we could go out to the community and say, "Hey, anybody interested here?" And and one or two people who've got some blocks might say, "Yeah, actually." I'd be keen on that.
1: Yeah. And then grant funding, all different avenues. Yeah, revenues, yeah. and a
2: simple thing. Here's your prospectus. I want a one-bedroom cabin, lock, stock, barrel, job done, it's 150000 Yeah. Or if you want this model, it's $170,000. But we'll help you. And, you know, we're already working through the planning processes, the approvals, the um um finance you know got some finances together together. to
0: get it actually up and Got a few
2: companies that can provide the cabins with alternate plans etc and then the the marketing comes in you know and this is where uh, as an rto regional tourism organization we come in and help yeah and then we say right in three years time we're going to be marketing you to the world and you know so
1: if i was a tourism operator here in mackay and I probably wasn't in contact with um, Mackay Isaac Tourism and wasn't needed some inspiration and some assistance in growing and marketing activities, where would you recommend they start?
2: Um, for a start, I'd come to... Come Mackay. to... <laughs> oh, <that's awesome. laughs> yeah, and,
0: like, that would be number
2: uh, one. <laughs> and um, Andrea is our development manager, business development manager, and, and we can start, as I've said, with the basics, yeah. one-on-one and we can help you with some advice around who to talk to and even just did point you in the right direction. Yeah. And indeed, just two days ago, I had a man in who's building a boat, a new 50-foot catamaran, and it's two years before construction will be complete. But, you know, we had a great conversation and, and I'm looking forward to a couple of years us having a new product and we will certainly help him through the marketing. And as he said, he said, I'm a great sailor, I've got no idea about marketing yeah. and quite often that's the case. So we can help join the dots there. And, um, yeah, so membership of Mackay Isaac Tourisms, something. And, of course, there's other benefits, you, you know, the, the the networking nights where you get together with other people, like-minded people, share stories, learn.
1: You guys and do workshops and training Yeah, sometimes. well, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Just yeah.
2: yesterday, yeah. The, uh, training on the Australian yeah. Tourism Data Warehouse. So that's type of program and then there's mentoring programs as well okay. Oh, okay. and interestingly no. enough I've just come from a meeting with Tourism Events Queensland where they run mentoring programs um, so that it's one on one yeah but um, mentoring yeah. is
0: so important man it can help you fast track things and exactly yeah put things in place that you didn't even know that you needed and stuff help avoid mistakes like yeah that's that's fantastic i didn't yeah. know that they did that yeah, yeah. so, so you don't
1: even have to have your product fully ready to go here help me sell it you can be i've got this idea I've started
0: yeah. On. Yeah, yeah. where I'm do i go to it, next um,
2: yeah, and How do I
0: make sure I don't waste my time doing this.
2: Yeah, and there's ongoing opportunities, and even next year um, we've got the Australian Tourism Exchange, which will be held on the Gold Coast. Um, I hope to um, be able to take one or two products with us, just to introduce them, and they start mm-hmm. to see that wow, this, yeah. as I said, fishing in the ocean compared to fishing in, in the basket, mm, you know, yeah. or in the bucket.
0: Yeah. So just to wrap up, I just wanted to um, get your thoughts on something that we've kind of spoken about a fair bit is that, um, and we, we did touch on, on this at the start as well as like tourism is not just about tourism businesses, um, you know, and therefore tourism marketing is not just for those businesses. Tourism marketing is really for the community as well. I just yeah. wanted to get your thoughts on that, like how you feel about it. Well,
2: I mean, I, I don't, i'm not sure whether i think everybody is aware that they're in tourism yeah and that's i, I mean I I I think everybody's know, like, in the
0: business of tourism yeah. in
2: and my and opinion yeah and it's really interesting because um if you drive down nebo road and you're not from here yeah. and you stop at a service station and you buy fuel and let's face it today you may spend well in excess of 100 dollars <laughs> <the> like, <laughs> um, you're in tourism because you just took some dollars out of somebody's pocket that doesn't live in this area and um so it's really important that you smile and you Mm. do think about it and one of the things i would say to you this is something that I, i i think about you know you see a motorhome and you're following it and it's annoying you because it's driving slow and doesn't know where it's going no i would never you know that and, way, they're a bit no. lost. Mm-hmm. and before you know it, the frustrated aussie is on the horn yeah you know and i'm like no 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 if these people are in a motorhome and it's branded like brits or maui or apollo yeah. motorhomes or travelers autobahn give them a break you know, and they're likely here trying to find somewhere or they're not quite sure where they're heading.
1: Yeah, I've been and the other person. I've been the person driving the motorhome, home going, I'm on holidays, I can do 10Ks under because yeah. I don't know what I'm driving right yeah. now. I'm still getting used to this and
2: yeah. I don't know
0: where I'm going. I'm yeah. the person streaming around you at 150K. <laughs> Wee! Yeah, so
2: I think, um, as I said, you think about that. Yeah. We're all, we can all be in tourism and restaurants, obviously, accommodation, but then there's all the service providers. Yeah. You know, and whether you're working in the laundromat that's washing the sheets, or whether you you know, for that matter, you're out on the farm growing the tomatoes or the yeah. produce Local produce, which is the experience is that people be, come here yeah. to have
0: at restaurants is the farm-to-plate experience and everything. Yeah. We talk about that supply chain for the mines and stuff all the time and how we need to be working on that. But I think that, you know, the supply chain for tourism is something that needs a lot of focus as well. But yeah. we're
1: all ambassadors. Like if we've got family coming to the area for holiday seasons and stuff like that, you're like, oh, we're going to do this and we can go visit here and we'll do a sugar and we we'll the valley and see a platypus. Like there's all these things you can do or what I hear so often and it frustrates the heck out of me and I'm sure you probably feel the same way is, oh, there's nothing going on in my car. There's nothing to do. Mm. It's like... That's fine. How about you move to a capital city? This isn't the place for you. Like. Yeah,
2: Well, I uh, And that's it. There. My mum
0: always said only boring people are bored. Uh, like, if you don't think that one. they're... I know it was very annoying as a kid, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, though. Like, because, like, if you can't find something interesting to do here, there's not something wrong with here. Trust me. There is something... You're just not trying.
2: Correct. Mm. Correct. So, anyway, I think the story for tourism is a, a story of opportunity. Yeah. And... And as i said, the opportunity will create jobs. It creates social outcomes. And when it comes to the environment, I think it helps us. You know, we're going to go forward and the tourism industry will be the eyes on our parks into the future. Awesome. And um, I just want to see people joining an industry that's fun.
0: Yeah. And, it's like marketing know, man. Like, we, you know, tourism, same thing. It's people enjoying themselves. You get to do the fun, creative stuff. Like, yeah. who doesn't want to be a part of that?
2: Exactly, exactly. And who knows, it can lead you on a global experience. And before we go, I just want to give you one example. Go for it. In the Whitsundays on our yachts, we used to employ young Aussies also, put them through and they'd become a deckhand and then they'd get to the next level and over after two or three years, they'd become a skipper. Well, guess what? then you're ready to go to the world. Yeah. And many of our the young people we brought up ended up on white boats, super yachts, sailing uh, the med. And there's one lady, um, her name's Trish, who I shared a unit with 20 years ago who's now the master of a super yacht. She would be in a mid to late 40s now, the master of a super yacht for an Arab sheik. Oh, so, my God. So, I mean, a multi-billion million dollar just yacht. Dream and, she's, and, and she's the skipper of it. Yeah. And um I'm like wow there's these amazing stories of success and last time I heard from her, she was at the Formula 1 in Monaco. You know, <laughs> <and I'm like laughs> going, such a oh. life someone's got to do. It. <laughs> yeah. So it just shows you a young Aussie girl um you know can take on the world yeah. as well as a young Aussie guy mm-hmm. and I think tourism creates an opportunity where you can go and be whatever you want to be.
0: Absolutely. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Thank thanks. you so much.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Your passion and excitement for not just tourism marketing but for our region is so infectious. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Makai Isaac Tourism have you on board and that you came in to meet with us today. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, yeah,
2: and thanks for your time, man. The message is onwards and upwards. Fantastic. So let's go onwards and upwards, girls. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks so much for coming All in. Right. Thank you. We'll see you. Hey?
0: Cheers. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks, and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.